0: Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom. Oracle Soup with your host. Trina Wynn and Gina Thies, two saucy sisters, broadcasting from the magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas, and inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. On Facebook, like our oracle soup page and share your wisdom. Soup is hot and it's ready to be served you're listening to oracle soup where we have the most delicious and delectable and tasty tidbits this side of where do you think this
1: side of where gina this side of the internet I suppose um, of the other side of your screen I mean you're depending on where you're listening from because we have people that listen in some very interesting places they listen from all types of devices so you know could be the opposite side of your cell phone or your you know computer
0: (laughs) There you go. There you go. It could be like a little ear pods that you've got plugged into one of your phone devices. So whichever way you choose to listen to us, we're very pleased. And this is one of those times we like to take a question that comes from a listener, right?
1: Absolutely. We always ask what types of things you'd like to have us discuss as a topic for Oracle Soup and we did get someone that wanted to talk about picking a card. So pick a card, any card. (laughs) (laughs) We've heard that before.
0: (laughs) And that's going to be a fascinating topic and it's very, you know, beginning, beginning, but it also has some very advanced uh, possibilities as well. So we'll be covering all of these Uh, avenues and ideas and again welcoming your insight and your perspectives in our conversation on our Facebook page and of course we always post these on our Oracle Soup website as well at oraclesoup.org Thanks for tuning in to Oracle Soup Pull up a chair and join Gina and Katrina for a bowl of warm and nourishing conversation Coming up next
1: Hello everyone. Here we are again at Oracle Soup in the kitchen with another tasty topic and we are going to be talking about picking a card, card selection. Yes, and when we're talking about picking a card, we really mean it in the broadest
0: sense of that term because picking a card could be picking it for a variety of reasons, a variety of styles or ways, a variety of types of cards. We're not just talking about Tarot here. We can be talking about oracle cards or Lenamon cards, and even with using the word card, I think we could bend that word a little bit too because, for instance, when you think of someone like Carrie Paris and working with the Magpie Oracle – Well, you could also be picking little objects and little charms and little symbols. So we're really talking about that relationship between the uh, person doing the reading or the person receiving the reading, their intention and how they connect with
1: that symbol. Absolutely. And in terms of, you know, how this works, when you are uh, selecting your process and how you're going to present a reading, positions also go into, uh, will factor into how you select. So there's personal preference, there's technique, and it boils down to, um, like you said, it's so broad, it's hard to really boil it down now that, I, you know, in, in thinking about it. So it's like, what's your favorite way to do it versus what works and what doesn't work? Some people like to have their querents choose the card or select the card. Um, some people don't want people touching their decks at all. So, um, Good
0: point. Yeah. In fact, I even make a point of when I'm uh, working with my client and I hand them the card, I'll say, and by the way, feel free to touch the card if you like. I mean, it's that simple. Sometimes people don't even know they can touch the cards.
1: Yes. Well, that that to me, that it, I, I'll look at whether a person wants to actually physically interact with the cards. It tells me a lot about how they view information and how they receive information. It's a very subtle thing, but, but they need to actually hit something and it, it, it makes it... Um, it's a, it's a type of communication I would say you know in terms of if you're a, a sensor or whether you are uh, you need you know more ab- abstract words to to, uh, to get you know the information to you. I typically read with the cards facing me and uh, when I have something to say uh, that's relevant or when they are attracted to, my client is attracted to a card, I actually push that card to them and go yeah get a good look at that you know touch it, pick it up, what do you see, what's going on, why, why Why is this, uh, why are you so attracted to this card? So they end up actually picking a card.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you know, this is a fabulous point that you're making, my sister, because we as, let's say, um, readers. I'm using readers instead of words like counselors or guides or something like that or fortune tellers. But, you know, us as readers, we're picking up information from a variety of uh, sources. So we're picking up information, obviously, from the cards, but we're picking up information directly from our client and the way they interact with the cards, their approach. Are they shy? Are they timid? Are they very forward? Uh, are they excited? Uh, are they more quiet? I mean, we're already gathering a lot of information just by the way our client might interact with those cards. And I want to share something that I know I learned years ago in my studies in psychology is that most people tend to gravitate towards at least four different channels of perception. And channels of perception, the most obvious would be verbal and audio, like right now with the podcast. There's also visual, and that's the beauty of working with the tarot cards because it's a visual oracle, right? It's a visual symbolic language. So we're obviously using vision, even though I myself feel really fortunate to have some of my tarot students who are, Are sight, let's say, challenged, and so they have other ways of connecting with the cards. So what if you use energy? People use energy, they use touch, uh, and also movement. Sometimes you either see the card actually moving or you sense it moving. There's a variety of ways of interacting and gathering information from the cards as well as your client and what other source you may be tapping into. Some people will say, I tap into my guides, my guides
1: tell me which card to pick. Uh, we could go all over the place with this, couldn't we? Too? Yeah, this is so much fun. I, I, I actually the Feel this is a topic that, uh, you know, it doesn't get a lot of attention. I mean, there are in, in many, many of the books I've read on on um, divination, uh, very little attention is paid to how you actually go through a process of, of picking which, you know, a card. So while this person who submitted this, do you mean how do you actually decide which card would be a significator? That's one way of, you know, picking a card. And there's also how many cards, how do you decide? how many cards you end up using for your spread. If you're making up on the fly, as I do very often, um, I just think of, you know, the number that pops into my head. So it's like, okay, so it's a five card spread. So, or sometimes I may ask my querent, Tell me a number, you know, from one to ten. And and I might choose cards based on the number that they they say. Um, and sometimes I'll just do an old fashioned keep drawing until the story feels complete. And which card, then I've got to decide which card is the card that is kind of the end of the story that I'm telling, like what's going to be the last, we may call it an outcome card or a final card. So um, that's that comes with paying attention to your process. And part of that process
0: is the intention. So there's the attention and the awareness that we give when the card appears, or there's the awareness of how it's selected, but then there's the intention about well, why am I selecting cards? Even why did I come in for this reading, or why am I working with this client, or why am I working with this particular deck or this particular oracle? There's a lot of intention. But I'm going to go back to something that you, you said. I know we're we're like we're I know so it's like oh now we're in picking a deck. Oh! <laughs> but, but let's just take this back a moment. So, for instance, one of my favorite people, James Wanless, he has called himself Captain Pick a Card, and part of the, his style is kind of like you mentioned a moment ago is just asking maybe one question and then turning that card over and then asking another question and then following the flow so how you pick the card is more like Let's just follow the flow. Am I picking the card? Is my client picking the card? Okay, that's one way. Now, here's another thing, and there's sort of an assumption in the background. A lot of people assume that the cards are face down when you're selecting the cards. Well, there's folks like James Wells, for instance, who, or even Art Rosengarten, who might start off and have the cards face up and ask the client, well, why don't you select some cards that look like this particular aspect of your question or this issue or that person? And then there's the significator
1: way. And you did mention significators. Gina, I think we should go a little more into that one. Oh, my readings always start with a significator. The majority of my clients are clients that don't face me. They have no idea what the cards or the deck that I'm using because it's only through the phone. And so, but... People sometimes are familiar with tarot specifically if I'm using tarot and some are not they have no idea and uh, but most people are familiar with playing card suits so it's easy to make that transfer and I just ask them to pick a suit uh, that that for whatever reason they're drawn to or connect to so they may end up saying oh I want to go with hearts and so I will just use that particular suit you know, based on the court cards, I will just choose a significator based on what they have said. And it gives me so much information. It hasn't missed why it works. I mean, I've spent a lot of time, of of course, because I think what ends up happening is when you decide to step into a role as an advisor, um, your uh, technique, your process is very, very important to how you help people. And so there are some tried and true methods that you have to work through and so it's just part of what I've done it's it, it, it could be a very old-fashioned way of doing things as well but significators are chosen based on um, traditionally the cards represent um, a certain look so gender um, hair color eye color um, astrological signs um, those do play a role in terms of you know there's a very strong tradition where this in the in these things end up being you know the queen the queen of cups looks a certain way the king of cups looks a certain way or represents a certain Certain type. Originally, when I started out reading, it was like, oh, matching the the astrological signs to this particular uh, core card. And after a while, that uh, for me didn't seem to be as effective because again, it's so broad and so many things happen. So I guess I ended up just narrowing it down to a specific type of, you know, it's like less is better because people are already thinking about so many things as well.
0: I also like to start with a significator especially my favorite is when I'm working with at least an hour reading but in my case the significator is typically chosen through numerology so I'll get the person's birth date and add up the numbers and that will help me know anywhere from one to three cards that will represent something significant about this person's worldview or life purpose or life lesson which to me then colors a lot of the rest of the reading.
1: Oh that's amazing and now in terms of other ways of selecting there are i've seen people fan cards out in a big nice beautiful fan I could never do a perfect fan I, I could only get about halfway it's kind of going all over the place I've even uh, I believe it was uh, Kim Huggins who did an exercise at one of the conferences who just kind of threw the cards in the air <laughs> <laughs> <I love laughs> like, that. like you know let's just get rid of all these rules about you know nice and neat and, and throw them out um, I just did an article recently in a tarot tips um, about proper tarot divination and we have a lot of um, of rules quote unquote rules that have come down through the ages in terms of what how do you do uh, tarot divination it actually you know uh, Katrina you've probably come across this this talking about some people think oh if a card flies out it's really really important so you pay attention to that card that's really an important card we call that the synchronistic approach yes (laughs) Uh, but you know actually in reading uh, in reading the golden dawn material they actually said you know that card you just put it back in and you start your shuffle all over again It absolutely (laughs) there's nothing you messed up so just start over (laughs) which I found which you know was really really interesting because it's like you've got all these different flavors of oh this is really important and I kind of like that it doesn't mean anything it's just it just means to start over or or in other words get your focus back Uh, because the shuffling for me personally is a way to kind of connect and go into the space of oracle which kind
0: of brings me to another question this is sort of like the chicken or egg question in the background
1: is are we choosing the cards or are they choosing us well i think that uh, for me it means something and nothing at the same time i think it is that that place of uh, and you you know we we It's so funny. I love when we talk because we we talk about things that we we later put into the show that we think has uh, no um, uh, relevance at all. But we're talking about chaos. Uh, Remember (laughs) the chaos thing Uh, and in order uh, chaos is meant to bring structure and order. And I think that that it that mixture of cards, the shuffling, that is about the chaos. And then you lay out your spread, which is the order. And so I think we, we, we end up working with the subconscious. I think it, you know, it seemingly works in terms of what we have chosen because if you know, it works whether we consciously choose or not, you know, it's like, so we could take the cards that fit the story and make it work. Right. So I think it's, um, I think ultimately they're just props and the, the truth of it all comes from within or without, yes. but it, it it's like you are not able to story tell or give advice or share what you need to share if you are not um, some, in some manner connected or have had that experience.
0: Hey, Gina, I would like to go back to what you talked about just recently about spreading the cards out. And, and yes, I do have a deck that spreads out very smoothly and easily. It's my Petite Lenormand. And so when I'm working with uh, people and we're doing really quick little questions, I love having them pick two cards. And I have the cards face down. And I ask them to pick two cards and to think about their question. And... Uh, to very clearly put those cards face down, number one and number two, and then I turn them over together. And so part of the picking card is the whole ritual of spreading the cards out, explaining to the client how to pick the cards, and then having picked those two cards or three cards. But that's also a wonderful way that some people choose their own cards because I know quite a few of us, myself included, will run our hands over the cards and actually feel Uh, Maybe heat or coolness or vibration or some kind of sensation as we move our hands over the
1: cards. And that lets us know how to pick a particular card. Oh, Courtney Weber did a wonderful presentation and she talked about... You know what you what you think is going on in terms of reading for yourself, okay? Because this this is really interesting and important. And um, what you think in terms of your own uh, you know thoughts and input versus what tarot has to say about a situation. So she did the, the exercise was okay. So you choose the card that you think defines or answers your question. Okay. So is that a face so up? Your face up points? consciously mm-hmm. choosing the cards, okay? And then you do another separate spread which is t- Chosen at random, what tarot has to say about the situation, and mm. you actually compare notes. And very, I mean, it, it was such a great exercise to do because it's like, okay, yeah, and reading for yourself, you know, this is what you think is going on, and you're working through. And then when you let it go and just let allow for other information come in, you get a very much um, different. You kind of get different information altogether.
0: I love that example. I remember when you were telling me about that. That's such a cool thing because what you're doing is basically it's like your two eyes. You get two perspectives on an issue. You're using like your left and your right side of your brain or your, your intended and your unintended message and what do they have to say. And then maybe they have a dialogue with each other. But in terms of picking cards, what a cool approach. So just to kind of wrap this up, I'm sure we didn't really touch upon everything we could possibly say about this topic but i hope we've given you some juicy tidbits to take and try yourself and uh, and, and one last thing i want to mention is if there are those of you who work with the the lenement cards the petit Le Nement, uh another way of doing the card counting kind of thing is when you ask your client let's say you're doing a three by three And you ask your client to pick a number between, in this case, one through nine. And then you actually count out the cards, and every ninth card ends up being one of the cards in that configuration. So,
1: okay, I had to squeeze that one in. (laughs) There's too many. There's too many ways. There's too many ways, and I'm sure there's a million ways to do spreads and choose cards and it's endless. And we'd love to hear from you on our Facebook page, uh, what you do and uh, give us some feedback around what works and what doesn't work and uh, what you're interested in learning. So we have our Facebook page, of course, where we would love to take your topics and we, as usual, want to thank you for joining us and listening in and being in the kitchen with us.
0: And just trust yourself. Like, Gina said, develop your own style and enjoy. Thank you for spending time with us at Oracle Soup. We invite your comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, also named Oracle Soup. Be sure to visit our website oraclesoup.wordpress.com for hot new servings of our saucy talks as well as past podcasts stored in our Oracle Soup Pantry. And visit our individual websites and learn more about our dynamic offerings. Katrina Wynn at tarotcounseling.org Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G and .org is like Oregon. Gina Thees at tarotadvisor.com. Advisor spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This podcast is intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now.